So hello and welcome to the Dharma Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Serfleet Middleton, and every week I bring you an incredible guest who shows you how to live the 5D life in alignment with your soul. And today I have the great pleasure of bringing back <laughs> a very dear friend, Margarita Alcantara, all the way from New York. She and I actually spoke before Christmas and the episode just miraculously disappeared. It was very, very strange. But this incredible woman is a shamanista and medicine woman and she's doing amazing work and I was really keen to introduce you to her. So welcome to the show, Margarita. Thank you so much, Aloise. I'm so glad to be here again. I, I loved our <laughs> conversation before and I'm excited for the one we're going to have today. Oh, well, I so appreciate you coming back. As I said, we were just chatting before you came on and uh, before we came on live. And I was saying it was very strange what happened to the interview, but you are back. And so would you mind just giving my listeners an overview of you and the work you do in the world? Because I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, well, um, I have been for the past 12 years in private practice as a healer, um, a licensed acupuncturist, Reiki master teacher, uh, medicine woman, otherwise known as a shamanic practitioner. Um, you know, I'm initiated in the Mayan Toltec tradition. And I've been doing this work for 12 years in the middle of New York City in the Flatiron District. And in the past, maybe four years now, I've expanded into my greater work, my greater calling, which is really activating uh, the divine power codes and other people and also opening up those portals of power uh, for Gaia, um, for us, you know, for humanity and um, really, you know, bring, you know, activating that so that we can really elevate that frequency, you know, on that personal level and collective level. Fantastic. And, you know, I know you must be incredibly powerful because you are doing that work in the middle of one of the densest cities probably on the planet. You know, they say, don't they, like to be doing that work in a city really shows me you're very powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and actually, no one said that to me before. Um, and But I appreciate you saying that because you're always dropping these nuggets of wisdom and you're so observant. Um, and, and yeah, like now that I'm thinking about it, it has been... Um, you know, I mean, the the pandemic has been <laughs> in the middle of New York City for a while. Um, I mean, it's it's ebbed and flowed, but I mean, we were the epicenter for a little bit, and um, it was a lot of information and intel that I was downloading during that time, and I was really holding space a lot. Um, and of course, I'm not the only one. You know, there are so many other folks doing the same work, but um, yeah, it's. I, I I guess my soul chose to uh, be here at this time and serve here, you know, and uh, it's been a roller coaster ride for sure. <laughs> it's still continuing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So describe to me a little bit about your 3D to 5D journey, because most of our listeners are kind of on that journey. And I really see us as being way showers and hopefully speeding up and being catalysts for those people listening. So can you describe about how you, because obviously you went from, uh, do you say private practice, and then more into what you're doing today? 
Yeah. And, you know, I still have, um, you know, I was intending before COVID hit, I was intending to whittle down my days at my private practice anyway, because I really wanted to emphasize my virtual work with the um, power codes. Um, and then COVID hit, and then it really became a virtual thing for a while, because, you know, literally I had to shut down my practice. Um, but how my journey was, was that... Um, you know, I always felt like there was something special about me, but I, first of all, resisted that because I thought that was a very egotistical thing to be thinking, you know, um, who am I to be such and such, to be making a big impact in the world, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of played the part, you know, I grew up in a suburban uh, town in Pittsburgh, PA here in the U.S. And, um and that served me for a while. And then I just kind of wanted to get out. And I don't want to say party because I, I was never really a party person, but I did want to go to New York City and experience life and be immersed in, in city life. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And I mean, I was in the 3D, you know, I was I was in punk rock. I was like out there. My I had a mohawk of different colors. Wow. And, cool. you know, I was... <laughs> I was, I was also, I grew up as a ballet dancer and, um, what a contrast. Yeah. And a, and a jazz dancer. I was also trained uh, in opera, classical opera and, you know, all this other stuff. And I was even a wedding uh, singer for a while, you know, and, um, all this stuff. And it was all fun, you know, it was awesome. Um, and at the same time, I'm like, you know, I don't think this is, you know, I, I was getting pulled. And so even though I had never even had one acupuncture session at that point, I was just drawn to going to acupuncture school. And, you know, my growing up in my life, my father, he's very 3D, you know, by the books, he's a Western physician. Um, he's a radiologist now retired, but you know, everything is logical, scientific and, and all that right. stuff. And right. so, you know, I got a little bit of that too at first, you know, and, and I mean, I think maybe that's my interest in the human body and all that. But um, when I told him I wanted to go to acupuncture school, he like, you know, threw up his hands and he said, Christ, you know, <laughs> and he was just so upset. And, um, you know, that was my, my first taste of like, wow, I, you know, and this is before, you know, I went out and went into punk rock and all this other stuff, you know, um, I, or, yeah, I think that might've been around the same time, but. Acupuncture is quite accepted. Do you know what I mean? It's like quite a sort of well-known modality. It's not like it's, you know, like a Akashic record reading or, or <laughs> what you do. What does he think about what you do now? I uh, you know. Well, um, he like, honestly doesn't care as long as I'm making money. I mean, that's like what it comes down to, you know, I mean, they're my parents. Um, so, and, and that's really the biggest concern because um, to him, it was a little far-fetched to be an acupuncturist. Um, and at the time I kind of felt it was too, but I was like, I'm just drawn to this um, and I'm going to do it. And uh, so then I started. And at the same time, I also became a Reiki master teacher. And of course um, it was really to uh, heal myself and to be more emotionally balanced. And that's how it always starts out for healers and light workers. And so that's how it started out for me. You know, I mean, I really wasn't, um, you know, like I was, I was pushing down and suppressing my abilities, my intuitive abilities to the point um, that I had shut down my heart. I had shut down my third eye. I said, this is giving me problems. It's making me stick out and I'm already sticking out too much in a very suburban 
town, you know, like I don't want to stick out anymore. And um, so I shut it all down and I pretty much initiated my shamanic awakening <laughs> at that point because I was, I, I had shut down my powers which then made me vulnerable to those negative forces, you know? And so I was not doing well. I was um, unhappy. I was depressed, suicidal. I was on cocktails of psychiatric drugs. I was hospitalized. And um, I mean, I really was a buffet for the darkness and it's almost a miracle that I'm still here. Um, and like now looking hindsight, I'm realizing that, wow, like, they almost got me, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I have a, a really powerful job to do. And at the time I didn't know it and they almost got me. I almost took care of things and almost wasn't here anymore, you know, because I just believed that my abilities were um, a hindrance and a pain in the butt. Wow. And so um, uh, it was only when, and this is really interesting, but I literally ran out of money to buy my meds. And so I wouldn't suggest this, but I had to go cold turkey off all of my meds because I simply couldn't afford it. And um, although physically I was okay, because you know I was pretty young then, um, so I bounced back pretty quickly. But um, once that happened, I also started meditating for the first time in my life. And really at that moment, I think that's that was the oh, damn, moment for, you know, Team Dark, um, because they're just like, oh, she's not coming back. <laughs> she's not coming back to us, you know? She's plugged in. And what's that? She plugged in. <laughs> yeah, I plugged in, absolutely. And so after that, literally, it was no turning back. Like, I never, you know, it was, and, and after that, I'm like, then I started realizing all that programming that I had experienced. And at first I was very angry, like really I was livid. And so like, it was just like this turning point for me of, I am never going back to that. And I am com completely committed to being of light and taking a stand for the light completely. Like every single cell and bone in my body is like completely on board. And so that's when I started going really um, into business as a healer. Um, and at first I struggled, you know, cause I was believing all of these 3d stories about light workers, you know, we don't deserve to be making money and all yeah, this other stuff. Spiritual can't make money. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the stuff. And I believed all of it. And so I was broke for a while. Um, and then I shifted all of that. Um, and then I became a six figure healer. And now. How did you do that? Because I know people listening are like, you know, so like myself included, I've gone through that. You know, I was making good money in my corporate and I moved over and I made absolutely jack shit. But I would be interested <laughs> I know how I did it, but I'd love to hear how you did it. And because obviously a lot of people that are listening to this are going through this transition now. And there is that fear of, can I leave my secure regular pay packet and go and yeah. do something? Like, can I live? Can I survive? Yeah. And honestly, I was stuck there for a while myself because yeah. I had a day job. Same. I was admin um, for a doctor. And, you know, because again, I was staying in the doctor safety zone, you know, and I wasn't really 
doing my own thing. I mean, I, I maybe rented like a few hours here and there um, and saw maybe a patient here and there, but I wasn't really stepping forward. And the true reason, if I'm going to be honest with myself, is because I didn't trust that I could make enough money as a healer. So I stayed at my day job. At least I got a steady paycheck. I was getting insurance, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at that point, um, there came a time where I was with somebody who I'm no longer with. Um, but uh, at that time, it was uh, devastating and we had broken up. And at that point, I'm just like, what am I doing with myself? What What am I doing? I hate this job. You know, like, I mean, I hate this job. It's sucking the soul out of my life and my body. What am I doing here? And and I just was so angry at myself. And I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, so then that's when I was like, I'm, I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to be a healer. I don't know what's going to happen. And at first, yes, I, I, you know, I sucked, you know, like, I mean, I was an awesome healer, but I sucked at finances and it's a lot to do. Marketing. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, you know, they don't teach you that in acupuncture school. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I think what changed for me was that I was tired of attracting um, people who were not aligned into my practice. And because it was really, you know, I just want to help everybody, you know, because that's the light worker in me. I was just like, I would just want to help everyone. So I'll help everyone. My doors will be open. And so literally everyone came in. So like the people who wanted to do the work, the people who did not want to do the work, the people who were highly resistant, the people who were a pain in the ass, the people who were awesome to work with, all of those different kinds of people came in. And it was only when I said, you know what? I deserve to work with people I enjoy working with. And so I started really honing in on who I wanted to serve mm -hmm. um, in terms of my patients. Um, I started charging what I'm worth instead of like, I think it was $72 uh, for a, an initial visit or something. And then I charged what I was worth. And, um, and I was just, you know, and I, I allowed myself to fire patients, you know, so for instance, if they were a pain in the ass, I would refer them out, you know, and so it was really about honoring my worth and my value and my time and, and saying, I am worthy of making a lot of money, being abundant, um, and, you know, at first it was just like, I, I just want to pay my bills, you know? Yeah, um, but would you say it was kind of an incremental, like, again, for sort of people listening, you know, it, would you describe it as kind of an incremental shift? You know, you're kind of continually moving up or was it more of a jump? Yeah. And thank you for that question, because I think, you know, the answer to this one, right? It's not overnight. It's like this experience of, oh, that didn't work out or, yes. oh, I didn't like that. And then what, what do I want instead? Boundaries. Right. And so the, the whole thing that I'm feeling with both of us is that we've learned the long and hard and painful <laughs> way. And now we want to help people to get the shortcut so that they don't have to be suffering, you know, and hanging out in the mire as long as we did. I mean, I know I did for sure. And so um, it really is about shifting your mindset. And it really is, if someone had told me that it was as easy as shifting my mindset and making a decision, I would have been like, thank you, right? Because I didn't realize that at the time. Everything was, I was making a decision based on fear, based on what I didn't want. And it was only when I made a decision about 
how I really wanted to be experiencing my life, the kind of money I wanted to be making, the kind of people I wanted to be working with, that is only the time when things started really shifting and I started working with the people that I loved working with. I started making more money um, and I opened more days at my practice. And then that, you know, that too became a gradual thing. Um, so I was seeing uh, patients four days out of the week and making six figures um, and, and yeah, but then there came a time where I realized that there's only so many people I can see a week one-on-one. On one. Yeah. And then, so then I was already starting to think, what am I going to do? You know, cause I mean, I'm capped now, you know, so, um, Captain busy. <laughs> yeah. Captain busy and taking too much time. And, and, you know, like for my father, I got this really work hard, you know, ethic, Same. you know, and yeah. I'm good with that. But I was starting to get a little burned out, you know, and um, so I'm like, I don't know if this is aligned, you know, like I'm good at working hard, but I don't know if this feels aligned. And then at that time, I started like really starting to open up and then I awakened into my starseed awareness, um, probably because um, I had been with my twin flame at that time. And, you know, as twin flames do, you kind of activate, activate each other. And so that's what happened with me. I got activated um, probably as a result of that. And um, once I remembered my starseed awareness and my starseed lineage, I also remembered that I have been on this planet Earth for eons since prehistoric times and helping Gaia since all the continents were one. And um, so that's when I went into my bigger work of activating the divine power codes because I just simply started remembering a lot of my abilities and um, remembering my relationship with Gaia. And now I talk with her every day. And um, so, so yeah, that's really how it was. It was just, you know, the faster you trust yourself and make a decision about what you want to be creating from that conscious level, the faster you will um, experience that life. Mm. Yeah. And I love what you said it, because it kind of, you've learned, don't you, on the journey of like, oh, that didn't work. And actually like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm burning myself out here. And so it's like, as long as you're still listening and you're in that kind of conscious place, you can just keep tweaking and keep tweaking and keep tweaking and keep refining. And like, and I loved also what you said about who do I really want to work with? Because I think when you start out on this 3D to 5D journey, you're just grateful to have customers. <laughs> and, then of course, and then of course you go through this transition and then you get to the stage where you're booked and you're booked solid and you're tired. And it's like, okay, I need to keep refining and keep tweaking. And then that scary bit when you put your prices up and you think no one's going to come and they do. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow. <laughs> Absolutely. And then when you get, you know, uh, more confident, if you've been doing this for a while, you raise your prices every year, every year. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd love to have that conversation because... I don't believe in being spiritual and poor. Like the more I, be I believe the more money we have as spiritual humans, the more good we can do. And that's kind of the mantra that I had. But my um, journey was um, I had so many lifetimes as a spiritual teacher that I'd made contract after contract after contract saying I wouldn't charge. So my Akashic Records work was the kind of undoing of all of that, because when I could get in my own record, I could then undo all these contracts and money curses and stuff that I had. So that's what I now do for other people. Um, I love that. 
took me blooming years to find it out. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I'm glad you did. And, you know, and I'm also glad I did because I think I also had some poverty um, prom- like I was promising a, a life of poverty kind of thing um, at one point. And I'm just like, F that, you know, like, I mean, I'm not here to be poor. How am I supposed to make impact and, and you know, really make a difference if I'm worrying about how I'm going to eat, you know? I mean, that's just not a way to live. It's and old paradigm. It's really totally old, old paradigm. paradigm. Completely old paradigm. And And what's interesting is that even though it's completely old paradigm, I still get a lot of flack from the spiritual community oh. when I talk about money. Mm-hmm. You know, they think I'm being greedy. They think I'm, mm-hmm. you know, because they they still link it to the manipulation and, you know, doing over on people and things like that. And it's like, actually, no, that's when I start going to, you know, um, this is what I'm talking about. This is why light workers don't make money. You know, well, that's why um, we've been repressed. If you if yeah. you imagine, you know, spiritual people and light workers have been in this kind of just about survival mode and it's been pushed underground. You know, now it's about us taking the forefront and leading the charge. And Absolutely. Like bringing humanity with us, going over the top, taking as many people as we possibly can into this fifth dimension and creating this abundant new earth. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I get really frustrated with it because it's like, you know, I think we sometimes people expect you to do things for free and it's like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work for yeah. anybody at yeah. all. In fact, I think um, like that at first I actually agreed with them when I was in private practice for the first time, I was like, oh, you know, cause people actually said that to me, why are you so expensive? And I wasn't, I was actually on the cheaper side. Um, now that I look back on it at that time, I was actually undercharging and they were complaining. And you will always have those people, you know? And so, um, but the thing is, is that some people also said, why are you charging for something that comes naturally for you? You know? And I was like, oh, why am I charging something? Right. And at first I, that's why I felt so guilty. But then I'm, but then I thought, uh, wait a minute. I actually went to acupuncture school for seven years. Mm. I actually paid for my certification as a Reiki master teacher I actually, um, you know, paid for my apprenticeship as a medicine woman. Um, I invested on so many levels of myself to improve myself and to gather the level of wisdom that I possess and went through a shamanic awakening that no one else should probably experience, right? I've amassed a certain level of wisdom and understanding and frequency that um, actually is priceless. And, and so when I realized that, and I thought, would they ask a doctor this question? You know, like, why don't you just give your stuff for free? You know, it's like, uh, no, I invested in myself, you know? And so, you know, I mean, that of course just reveals their own money limits and blocks, but, um, there's a huge one for the spiritual community. And it is only when we acknowledge our worth Mm-hmm. and our time and our money and the fact that we've invested in ourselves and we've got a lot of wisdom that we possess mm-hmm. you know as light workers we possess a lot of wisdom and mm-hmm. also money is just a tool it's not evil you know it depends on the person who's using the money and the money doesn't make you evil the money is it just makes you more of what you already are if you're this amazing uh person who's doing massive things in the world guess what you're going to be a, a wonderful amazing person who's doing massive things in the world with a lot of money you mm-hmm. know and can you imagine the impact right and so for me 
um, I own that abundance because I made that happen. You know, that didn't just fall in my lap because I was a good person. I made that happen, you know, and um, I made a decision and various decisions in order to embrace that abundance. And what I get to do now is that I get to elevate the experience for my clients. I get to uh, invest in myself so that I can be of higher service to the world and do whatever it takes so that, um, you know, I can be at, you know, a greater level of service to, you know, who I'm serving. And um, also I get to enjoy my life. You know, I get to also access my freedom. And you've got, I miss, everybody needs balance, you know, and like what you're talking about there is frequency and energy, you know, so you're serving at a certain level and then you'll attract people who are at that energy and that frequency. So, you know, yes, I think for our listeners, yes, there is a journey that we all go on, but actually it's part path of the parcel. It's kind of like path of our path is to find our self-worth and self, find our confidence and find our value. And then we resonate at that level and then we attract clients at that level. So do you now work kind of your, is your work more one-to-one higher paying clients now, or how do you operate? Yeah. So, so now, well, I mean, I have one day still at my private practice because um, I want to just kind of keep that there still. Um, but my greater work is the power activation stuff. Um, and before COVID hit, I was actually doing a lot more global activations. And so I'd be traveling around the world. Um, first, we went to Mount Shasta in California, and then we went to Machu Picchu oh. in Peru. And um, it was amazing because be, due to the fact of me taking ownership of my abundance, I was able to um, put my uh, my clients and the participants of these activations in like five star hotels, you know, in Peru, you know, and I mean, it was just such an amazing experience. Um, and now, uh, because of COVID, I'm not really doing that at the moment. Um, but I am doing more like one-on-one activation work and um, also some group stuff as well. And so I do have a, you know, a mentorship program for women uh, to build their conscious power. Wow. And it's filled with activations and really developing that spiritual um, conscious intentional power uh, that we all possess and um, anchoring that into Gaia so that we can make impact as star seeds and light workers and empaths and, you know, um, way showers. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? We've kind of had to, I feel like we've had to sort of slog it out so we can speed up other people's journeys, you know? So your, your work is similar to mine. Like I think I do group work and I have a kind of lower cost option than I have a higher cost option. So depending on where people are at and their journeys that they can join me. But the whole point is, is that we can help them activate their abilities quicker than the kind of years that we had to go through when it was like walking through mud at points. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like that. It really felt like that. And, um, but you know what, that's what makes us so potent too. You know, because we just really went through the gauntlet and we kept deciding yes. We kept saying yes over and over. Yes, I will do it. Yes, I will do it. And we kept saying that. And that's why, you know, that's why we're so strong. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's the empathy now, like because of all of the stuff that I went through, I have this deep empathy for anyone and everyone I work with because it's like I've been where they are and experienced. And I know that the various different bits really suck 
um, but it enables us to know exactly then how to work with that individual because we know where they're at. So, yeah, exciting time. So I'd love to know a little bit more about this grid work that you do and the work that you do with Gaia, because that sounds absolutely, you know, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, when I awakened as a starseed, I guess this was four, maybe five years now uh, ago, um, one of my memories was that um, I was here um, again, not human, you know, I'm a star seed now, but, um, back then I was not even human. Um, and I was here with my twin flame as well. We were here, um, embodied in non-human form and, uh, my job and my name was actually lady light Starbringer, And my job was to actually, I was a conduit between the star nation, otherwise known as the Galactic Federation of Light and Gaia. And my job was whenever Gaia was in need of help, I would go up to the, like the highest points on the planet and I would just draw down the star nation and ask them for help to help you know, Gaia. And so um, I don't think that's a coincidence that I remembered you know, at that time because that was, you know, something that I was getting drawn to do again. Um, And so that's why I started, uh, you know, I reopened my connection with Gaia, um, you know, my dialogue with her. And that's when she said, I I need you to go to these places, these sacred sites. She actually gave it to me in order. um, And she told me what she wanted me to do at the at these places wow wow so you were kind of going to these um like Machu Picchu and sacred sites and activating the energy there yeah and and there was like a specific job it seemed like for each place like for Mount Shasta she just wanted me to start opening ceremony for all of this and there was like this new code of creation and seeding this tabula rasa code for clearing out those old frequencies of the old codes and things like that and then Machu Picchu um, aside from, you know, a set, like kind of bring up that golden city uh, that was kind of underneath on that other astral level and like bringing it up and rising it up into uh, like the earthly plane. It was really to activate those ancient, the ancient ones, um, wake them up. Um, and, uh, you know, cause I do a lot of work also with that indigenous, cause I, I also have that indigenous blood within me too. So I've got this, um, you know, really awakening that, that wisdom of the indigenous cultures, um, on planet earth and also working with the different elementals, um, on the levels of, of earth. And, um, one of the things that I ended up doing there too, is, uh, I learned, um, that, that Machu Picchu was being used as a gateway for um, cosmic beings that, uh, how would I put it? Like they're, they weren't interested in helping humanity. I'll just put it that way. And so I literally kind of shut off that gateway for those who were not in service to the light. Um, and, you know, it was an interesting outcome because there was some backlash that I experienced as a result, which is fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, things like that where I'm really opening up uh, these portals of power for Gaia and really, you know, awakening that that sacred power, um, reawakening it. In now, those can places. you explain what Earth codes are? Like, why are her Earth codes shut down? Like, are these kind of from ancient times where the feminine's been repressed? Or can you explain that a little bit more for me? Yeah, yeah. So um, what I got from Gaia, because, you know, I was also curious, because I'm like, well, can't you do this? You're like this, you know, major 
uh, entity, you know? Um, and what I got back was uh, her, her vibration was shifted um, as a result of all the cosmic wars uh, that she experienced. And also because of us, because of humanity, you know, like uh, how we have not really been great stewards for her. And um, so it's just really almost kind of like, if you can imagine kind of polluting, you know, her body's been so polluted and shifted and encoded with darkness and, and all this other stuff too. And, and all these cosmic wars just to like have ownership of the life that is on this planet. I mean, there's, that's really what the cosmic war has been about all these wars for this planet mm -hmm. um, on a galactic level. And it lowered her vibration to the point that she wasn't able to uh, feel sustained and so she was basically in this rebuilding mode. And um, I mean, she's much stronger now because, you know, of this planetary awakening and the human resonance is like record high, like a lot of the times now. So she's doing much better. But um, there are a lot of people like myself who, you know, I mean, because I'm also a Syrian high priestess. And so I've got this kind of star kind of in, you know, that, that I have. So um, what I actually did at one point was that I was at a kind of a star nation gathering, you know, and um, all these different representatives, you know, kind of like if you've watched Star Wars, it wasn't too far-fetched. And all these like different star beings were collecting um, and having a convention of some sort and discussion. And at one point I was there at a time, my very first and only time I had been there in that kind of, uh, um, atmosphere, uh, where they were just like, um, they were considering, you know, Gaia not being really part of, um, she was kind of kicked out of the Galactic Federation, um, in a way because she, her vibration was just so low. And so it was just actually heartbreaking for me to witness what occurred was, you know, like, cause I was with her and, um, she, you know, they were saying, you know, your vibration, kind of like your vibration is too low. Um, you don't belong with us kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and she was like, but I helped you and I helped you, my brother and I helped you, my sister. And she was speaking to all the other planets. And she was like, you know, um, I helped you, you know, when you needed help. And, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to remember now because this happened a couple of years ago when, when I was at that um, meeting, and, and I was just, I got so angry and, you know, I'm just like, do you not understand what she experienced? You know? And so I, I literally stepped up and, and I said, excuse me, I'd like to speak on, you know, for her behalf, because you're not listening to her, you know? And they looked at me like this measly human, you know? And cause at that time I was in that form. And then, so I was like, oh, I got it. So I shifted myself into my Syrian form and then they took me seriously and they listened. And I said, you know, this is not her fault. This is not Gaia's fault. She has been enduring many, many cosmic wars. She has endured the degradation of her body and her system and her existence because of us, human humanity. You know, I will take responsibility for that, you know, and... Um, so it's just, you know, so they they considered it. And then there was also, um, you know, other additional things that happened during there that 
transpired. I won't get into all that, but in the end, there was this, you know, okay, you know, we'll, we'll hear you out, you know, we'll give her a chance. And, and um, I think that as a result of that and, and many other things that she's experienced, she mm-hmm. has um, elevated into a state where she's not only rebuilding, but she is reforming and mm-hmm. she is ascending mm-hmm. and she is getting stronger. And so are we. Fantastic. Yeah. What? Wow. What an incredible story and what incredible work to be doing at the moment on the planet. And you're, I'm totally with you. I can feel the shift, you know, since the solstice, I can feel the energy building, you know, I really, I can just sense everything crumbling like the old paradigm and the old structures. So yeah, it's an exciting time to be here, but I would love to know how people can find you, Margarita, like obviously if our listeners want to come and connect with you, book sessions with you, how can they find you? So you can find me, um, I'm on Instagram a lot, um, also Facebook, um, but mostly on Instagram. You can also find me at alcantaracupuncture.com, which is my website. And um, you can find out more information and contact me through there as well. But you can always DM me um, on Instagram or Facebook. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. You should be incredibly proud of your journey. And I know that you're helping so many people to bridge the gap that they're kind of going through at the moment. But I want to say thank you. I know this is our second our second time, but uh, it did, the conversation did not disappoint. So really beautiful to have you with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we were able to revisit our conversations. And please go and check out Margarita's work and share this podcast and let us know what you've got from it. And if you've got any questions about your 3D to 5D journey, then by all means, I will tag both of us. So we will be there if you've got any questions, but we'll see you next week with another incredible episode of the Dharma Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our Dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. Mm